Shut up and sit down. You really think that like baseball people, kids who play baseball hate playing yeah, baseball, I, and they only do it because their parents do it? Is that the logic? Why is want that? Them to. Why is that not the same logic for soccer? I mean, it is. The, well, soccer so- parents sure. are just as are just as wild as baseball parents. Soccer has a, a huge drop off rate. I mean, think about it. Right, uh, like every kid in America starts off playing soccer, and by the time you get to high school, we don't even have teams good enough to field you, you know, <laughs> under twenty teams that are successful. Well, or, not you know, yet, at least. I'm just, it's never going to get any better, especially with the soft, soft serve new rules we're putting out there about uh, you know, eleven year old and unders not being able to head the ball. Yeah, so there are eleven year olds who play for Barcelona's fifteen and under team who are better than every single college player in America. Period. Oh yeah, I'm Period. sure. Yeah, I mean I've that's seen probably them. There's true. There's YouTube videos of them. They're incredible. But this is the same problem football has, is that the you can't head the ball because it's a you know concussion issues and no, it's, all it's, that i mean yes and no but it, part of it is it's you know you watch a lot of soccer mike we both do yeah most of the injuries are because it's guys jumping with their elbows up hitting guys it's right. very rarely head to head it happens but a lot of times it's the elbow forearm it's the falling these are things jumping if you eliminate heading the ball for kids growing up playing soccer they won't be as good at it when they're older and it's going to be another disadvantage and if they're not successful at soccer as a country and people won't like it. And if people don't like it, no one's going to play it. And well, no one th- plays it, we're never going to get better. This yeah. is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, but people will like it as long as they can watch good soccer in Europe uh, like we can, which I've started to watch, as everybody knows, mm. the past couple of years. Thanks to you, in fact. Thank you. I mean, I appreciate that. Yeah. You're I, welcome. It's I'm kind of glad I don't root for your team, though. Struggling a little yeah, bit. you know, ups and downs. It's never uh, – I didn't choose a – middling welsh team so i could see them win championships mike that's true well i didn't choose uh, ben in case you guys don't know is a swansea city fan mm. and i have bandwagon southampton which is kind of like a great segue time let's talk about basketball uh southampton is kind of like the <laughs> i don't know are they like the uh, or the milwaukee bucks of the premier league uh, so kind of uh, maybe the utah jazz like this mm, up and coming i think you're better than that too i think i think that southampton's pretty good so who would you who would you compare Southampton to? Uh, I would say that you guys would be like, um, ooh. You, like I like the idea you're thinking of like the younger, less like. Um, but a team that really you know doesn't really have a chance to win the title, like Utah. Yeah, Utah is a yeah. really great young team, uh, and they're a lot of fun. But unless one of those guys like turns into a great great player, they're going to top out as Memphis. Yeah, I sort of feel like you guys, or you guys, Southampton. Uh, was a lot like maybe the Blazers last year. I kind of see them more as like the Rockets this year. Look, Mike, I know really? you tried to talk yourself into the Rockets being a title contender, but they're not. And well, uh, they're not playing like one. But they're, they're, the Rockets made the conference finals last year, though. Southampton like, to- Southampton toiled with with Champions League for two seasons. Yeah, That's but they, really tough. That's yeah, conference but they, finals. they toiled like the Knicks toiled a couple years ago, where there were like fifty four wins, but you knew they weren't that good. But I think Southampton is good. You don't because the thing is in soccer, you don't toil without having success anyway like the pistons maybe yeah that's a good the pistons yeah. this year anyway guys mm. uh welcome back this is uh limited upside the sb nation nba podcast we have not recorded in a long time ben Mm-mm. when was the last time uh we did something for the nba draft uh yeah. hmm, when was that 
we probably did that like the last week of June, maybe early July. We probably did one. Yeah, that sounds about right. In that time. Yeah, frame. we've uh, we've had a lot going on. Uh, you know, obviously. Congrats, Mike! You got married, buddy. Thank you, thank you. Yes, that took up a lot of my October. That's uh, another reason we're doing this first NBA podcast of the season. Uh, about nine games, nine games into the season. Yeah, we're not always the best with timing. No, so, no. Uh, but congrats, man! And, thank you. And it's uh, a lovely, a lovely uh, affair. Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate that. It was it was interesting. It was a lot of fun being you know on a honeymoon mm. while the preview our NBA preview <laughs> dropped. I hope everybody enjoyed it. The uh, basketball card themed, the great young players, and these and the lightning and uh, the slam cool. masters. Yeah, it was an homage. It was that was the idea, uh, but it was very it was a little nerve wracking for that to be coming out while you're away, just because you you know you want it to be good. We had a it came out great, no problems. We have a great team that was doing it, but it was a little nerve wracking. Yeah, it's your baby, man. Yeah. I mean, it's it's part of the deal. It's you were like a an athlete playing a game on the East Coast, and his wife's going into labor on the West Coast. Yeah. You wanted to get back for the, I don't, for the birth, but you just, I don't you know if I want to. <laughs> we, we might be going a little far <laughs> comparing honeymoon to, uh, to to that. But anyway, we're back in business now. Uh, we're a little late uh, to the start of the year, so but we wanted to start recording again because it has been a really fun year. And oh yeah. You know, we have a few things we want to talk about. But... And people wanted us back, Mike. I think it's important to note, first off, thank you so much for everyone who does listen. Uh, and then everyone who was, you know, giving me crap. My friends, when are we going to hear about Limited Upside? Will Joseph, that goes to you. Uh, <laughs> there's just specific people who I know are, are frequent listeners, friends of the pod. And they want to know what Mike Prada has to think about basketball. And they want me to ask the questions. So well, people um, like, it's, it's a, I think people enjoy listening to you yeah, too. You know, I've got opinions, but you actually have uh, factual answers. But you're right, Mike. People, people do want to know what's going on. The league, the league is going on. We are about nine games deep now. This is uh, recording this on what? The, what's today's date? Uh, Thursday the 12th. Yeah, Thursday the 12th. So there's some games tonight. Uh, specifically, we're going to talk about a couple of players who do play for uh, the Clippers in Minnesota. In this pod, so uh, whatever we say, no, the game hasn't happened yet tonight. Um, so if anything crazy happens, doesn't reflect this pod. But Mike, on that note, because there's a lot going on, we don't want to get into everything happening in the NBA. But I, I want to ask you this because I do value your opinion. Uh, obviously, what's going to happen first, Mike? Will Golden State lose? They're nine and zero. Yeah. Okay. Or will the Sixers win? They're zero and eight. Ooh, interesting. They're at the uh, top and bottom of the uh, food chain right now. Well, let, let's look at the schedules. Sure. I believe the Sixers have a hard schedule. Or is that I think Bro- they do. I, or is that Brooklyn that I, just no, won the other night? Brooklyn did win last night against Houston, but uh, Brooklyn's had one of the easiest schedules in the NBA. The Sixers, I believe, and I looked at this before, I don't think they win until, I want to say, like the 3rd or 4th of December in that range when they play the Lakers. That's the type of schedule they've got. You really think they're going to go a month without winning? I, I mean, yeah, Mike. I've watched every one of their games, and they are competitive for half of the game, the first half. They get beat in the third quarter by you know, 15 to 20 point difference. They didn't score their first point in the, in the third quarter against Toronto the other night, yeah. last night. Uh, it's like eight minutes, you know, seven minutes. It's just right. one of those things where they are, they are so much further behind their competition. Okay. So here's their schedule. Coming Go for up. it. Uh, to tonight, the night is we're posting this on a Friday. So tonight mm-hmm. at Oklahoma city, <laughs> not a win. Saturday, back to back. By the way, how do they let teams the, do this? So back to back is San Antonio. The in San Antonio. <laughs> uh, how do they let teams do this? But they. But then, and this is where I think they're going to get their first win. Monday in Dallas, at home against Dallas. Monday in Philadelphia against Dallas. Against the Mavs, and I, I believe. I don't know about that, Mike. Let's see. I mean, Dallas did just give New Orleans their first win. Yeah, that's true. But then they turned around and. 
in a very highly motivated game, but they did beat the Clippers right after that. I did, but that was, I think, the emotion Look, of the if, moment. If they decide to sit Dirk against the Sixers, we might have a chance of, of winning that game. But, I, dude, they're, I'm telling you, man, and especially right now with Noel, when Noel and Okafor play, I think they would have a chance. But with Noel's wrist being sore, um, you know, Okafor is playing tremendously, and we'll get into this crazy rookie class a little later in the pod, but yeah. they're, they're very far behind um, in these games, man. And it's a double-digit second-half type game with the exception of the Orlando game, and that's because, as you've seen, I mean, Orlando was a buzzer beater better than the Lakers last night. Orlando's bad, too. Right. But, I mean, they did. They were competitive against Cleveland. So what, you so. think they win on Monday? You think and it's I that think, soon? And I, meanwhile, I think the Warriors, their next chance, I think, for a real chance for a loss, assuming they, I mean, again, this will be outdated mm-hmm. if Minnesota can beat them on Thursday night, mm-hmm. is they go to L, they go to the Clippers uh, a week from tonight. A week, a week, from, tonight. A week from Thursday. So the answer to your question is you think that the Sixers are going to win. I do. Before yes, the Lakers. That's what I before think. Before the uh, I will, I'll put it out Warriors here. lose. I'll put it out there. They will beat the Mavericks in Philly. Whew. All right. Just humor me here, though. Assume they don't win that game. Can you, you still have that schedule up? When would be the next chance? Well, you win? said the Lakers. Yeah, but that's that's in December. That's that's my opinion because I'm I'm very pessimistic. On well, the when team. did they when did they first get their first win last year? Wasn't was it two years ago or last year? They didn't win forever. I believe last it was year? no, because two years ago, do you remember they had that three and zero start when they beat, beat the yeah they beat yeah. LeBron and the Heat like in the season opener. I do remember that, and I remember writing a big like kind of breakdown on what makes them kind of why is this somehow working. And I think they proceeded to yeah, win lost, like, 18 games that year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, last year they didn't win until December 6th in overtime at uh, at Detroit. So okay, I, I think the Lakers. To my Lakers pick then. Yeah, that's um, that's my pick. Nice. Uh, so so we, t- we touched on the worst team uh, in the NBA, or one of the worst teams. And we touched on the best team, and I think it's definitively the best team right now. Um, all things that would go into you know calling it a team. And this is without, it can't be said enough, this is without their coach. You know, this mm-hmm. is with a player who is, or a coach who's roughly the same age as Barbosa, uh, other guys on their team. Um, so, um, the future Lakers coach, fu- it, should be, it should be noted, hundred percent future Lakers uh-huh. coach. I would, I would think. Um, I, I agree there, Mike. But we we touched on it slightly. Um, the rookies, man, rookies, rookies, rookies. Uh, Mike, is this the best rookie class in recent memory? I, I'm trying to think of specific classes. We talked about the. Uh, Blake Shear, we talked about Steph Shear. There were classes that That's the maybe, same year, in fact. Blake, I'm sorry. Yeah, Blake, Steph, and... Um, and James Harden. And James Harden, right. That's uh, all one year. Great year. Yeah. Um, I, I believe that draft was not supposed to be good either. Right. Well, judging by where those players were all picked, it looked like Oklahoma City had an idea of what they wanted, and, and, and the Clippers knew what they wanted as well. But some teams mm. maybe missed on Steph and <laughs> the Knicks. Yeah. And, uh, but um, anyhow, so this class is, is special. It's big bodies, it's powerful bodies, it's athletes, but... We're going to get into all of them. I want to know what you think about the class as a whole, and then we'll touch on Przingis, Russell, Moutier, Towns, and Okafor. Mostly ups there, a little bit of down in, uh, in Russell uh, mm. at the moment, obviously early. Uh, what are your thoughts, Mike? Man, here's my question. Like, I mean, a lot of these classes have turned out great later on. Mm-hmm. So, like, you, we talked about 2009. I mean, Griffin didn't play the whole first this whole first year. That's correct. Uh, 2008, where you have Rose, who eventually wins an MVP. You have Love. You have uh, Russell Westbrook. Westbrook. Uh, in 1996, you have Kobe, Iverson, Steve Nash. Uh, you know, 2000 and I want to say 2011 or 12. Well, not 11, but 2012. A lot of these classes, you know, eventually these guys kind of emerge. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember the last time these rookies kind of hit the ground running uh, the way some of these guys are. I mean, Carl Towns. 
is already one of the best big men in the league. He's playing like it. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. His, and, his, his stats right now, Mike, and, and, you know, he's only playing under 30 a game, 29 minutes a game. He's shooting 50%. He's averaging like 16 and 10. Mm-hmm. And three and, blocks a game with a 22 per. Like he, and great defense, too. We like, talked about this. Like yeah. his, his non-box score, his box score stats may mm-hmm. look good, but he's better than his box. Oh, for it's sure. just his very basic box I, score I stats. couldn't agree more. As someone who watches, uh, has watched every minute of Okafor's professional career right now, I can tell you that his box score is incredibly impressive. His offensive game as a whole is incredibly imp- mm-hmm. impressive. His defensive game is, is years away from being um, where it needs to be. Towns is is really good at offense and defense. Yeah. Um, specifically, we, I mean, there were a few plays, even in a losing effort, um, and th- this kind of speaks to the KG in him, he's crazy. He's got a little of the crazy winner, gets mad at himself, screams into a towel. They got beat by um, uh, the game after Atlanta. Charlotte. They lost to Charlotte, right? They're all tired. I think Wiggins yes. didn't play. Wiggins Rubio didn't, didn't play. play. Neither did KG. All those guys didn't play. But Towns, who put his all of his effort out there, uh, in a losing effort, probably they were down like 7 or 8, something like that, later in the game, he gets called out, or maybe even like 12, 13 points, gets brought out, takes the first thing he does is takes his towel and screams into it. And he had a good game. He actually mm-hmm. played well in that game. His team around him didn't play very well. Um, but to kind of have that mentality of like not settling, wanting to win, but ultimately doing things in the right progression, he's not putting offense before defense. He's learning how to be a really good teammate which is something I think he was already really good at. Yeah, I, I wonder if he's really learning or if this is what he's this good what at. He is. But yeah. what's interesting is he he's such a goofy guy too. Mm-hmm. He's got the imaginary friend mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, I don't. I don't actually no, only right. talked to him once or twice. Uh, but you know, he he's a very goofy, gregarious, funny guy. And you're saying that you think he has kind of the killer, yeah, for lack of a better word, too. for lack of a better word, the killer mentality. I wonder if that's Garnett rubbing off on him. I and mean, it, it Minnesota, might be. And Minnesota in general is interesting because you have all these young guys, yeah. right? You have Towns, you have Wiggins, who's just about to turn 21. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a great stat in something we wrote this week uh, that the combined age of Towns and Wiggins is younger than Garnett. Mm. That's so, amazing. So you have that, and then you have all these other young guys. You have Levine, who looked, who's kind of looked you know, interesting. In he's pretty good. Yeah, I don't know if he's a point guard. I don't really know what they're doing there, but you see glimpses of something really special. Mm-hmm. They have other guys. Well, and then get, you have get points from positions too, Mike, because when you put Levine's, call him a two guard. He's the, only playing point guard this year, though, which is interesting. He, they, they, I don't know if I really like what they're doing there. I saw a set or a quarter at some point the other night where he was playing um, with Rubio. Yeah, they haven't done that that much this yeah, year. Yeah, usually they, it's with Kevin they, Martin. They're usually using Levine as a backup one, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. a lot of people have criticized that, and I kind of see where they're coming from. I mean, that's a whole separate discussion sure, about the sure. nature of development. But you have all these young guys, and then you have KG, Tayshawn Prince, who's starting and playing way too many minutes. It makes no sense to me. Well, if I, you're trying to win, it makes no sense. Yes, I understand him being on the roster the same way I understand KG being on the roster, but Prince is playing a lot more than KG. Right. Yeah, yeah, it, it I, makes sense if you're trying to win. If you're trying to kind of show an example of whatever mm-hmm. the, the right way to play is, I, I guess you could see it. And then they have Andre Miller. So you have all these young guys mm-hmm. and all these old guys. The idea, I think, is that you have one old guy per position group. Sure, sure. And so that there's Coach a direct the mentor. Yeah. You know, it's going to be interesting to see if that continues to be a mentor-mentee role or if there's mm-hmm. some that kind of flips into more of like a faction where it's like, Oh, they just don't vibe in any way because they're just so different. But for now, I think especially with KG, you know, we criticized that that trade they made to bring him back, and I think the argument then was just his presence, his leadership would be worth so much more than that young in a first yeah. round pick. I mean, it was, it, yeah, I agree. It wasn't 
there's no way to justify the actual player and compensation that was given, but it doesn't necessarily mean that what Minnesota got wasn't also beneficial for them. Right. But player personnel-wise, to, to get Thad Young for KG would have been ridiculous. Throw in a draft pick. Is, it, was, it was, but yeah. then on the flip side, if you're Minnesota, you have a lot of young guys mm-hmm. already. Thad Young is going to leave. Mm-hmm. He's not going to stay with you. No, uh, I see what you're saying. I see like, what you're saying. I mean, at the time, it looked totally ridiculous. Well, so but, tell me this, Mike. Is Minnesota one of your league pass teams now? They make yeah, the, uh, I mean, yes. I mean, yeah. the funny thing is that they can be kind of frustrating to, ro- to watch sometimes. You know, Towns is great. Uh, Wiggins has shown had some great games mm-hmm. and had some games where he struggled. But And I, I've enjoyed seeing Ricky Rubio back on the court. I think me he's too. very underrated. And he seems to be shooting uh, quite a lot better. Defensively, he's one of the best point guards in the league. I don't think mm-hmm. people realize that. But they also are playing Prince a lot of minutes. They're playing Lavina point guard, which, you know, I just don't think he has that mentality. It's the, mental, the mental part. Yeah and, yeah, and I guess the question is, like, are you better off, like, taking a guy and kind of throwing him into an uncomfortable situation? Because they're not, again, they're, they may be winning a decent amount, but I don't think they're really trying to make the playoffs. I remember no, I, yeah, I yeah. talked to their GM over the Summer League, Milt Newton, uh, when I was you know, after Townsend's first game. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, he was very clear to say we don't want to put a number on how mm-hmm. many games we want to win. Uh, but he was also saying, you know, we had a lot of injuries and we think we can compete. But they're, I don't think they're trying to, you know, make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But yet, you know, they're also playing Tayshawn Prince a lot of minutes. They're, they're playing Levine there. And I guess the question is, like, are you better off telling Levine, we're going to throw you in an uncomfortable situation and this will make you better because you'll learn how to deal with it? Or do you? Would you rather like to kind of start him on where you think he's more comfortable and kind of build him up from there? You kind of right. he masses what he does well. It's two things. It's it's what's happening on the court right now in 2015, and it's where do you want Zach Levine to be in 2019? Right. It's interesting. But anyway, back to Towns. I, yes, I just think the rookie himself. It's it's so impressive the way he understands kind of coverages. They have mm-hmm. him stepping out really high on oh, yeah. pick and rolls, which I, you know, some teams have kind of gone away from that. But Towns is quick enough to do it and get back into position oh, yeah. and he knows angles and he kind of has a really good sense of help and you know he doesn't He's got just very get long active arms and hands yeah he doesn't just get blocks he kind of yeah. is disrupts, in the right position man. he disrupts deep, you know, yeah, good, and good that's offense. so impressive for a 19 year old so he's 19 um his counterpart the other what was thought to be big man in that you know in the draft is okafor also 19 years old um He's playing more minutes. He's on a much worse team. He is the only offensive option. He's playing, you know, 34 minutes a game. He's shooting 51%. Mm-hmm. You know, his per is, is 17.4, right? So his his usage rate is actually really high if we're going to get into that. But it's incredibly high. Incredibly high. 29% <laughs> yeah. of his possessions. It's one of the highest. I mean, that that's an amazing number it's for a rookie. 19-year-old, too. But see, yeah. that also reflects really well on him because, well, one, he's also What been... do you think, Mike? Let me ask you. What do you think of Okafor? Because I watch him all the time. I have my opinions, uh, and I'll get into that, but... What do you think of Okafor right now, you know, eight games in? I think he's pretty easy to figure out, yeah. right? I mean, he, he's a very gifted scorer, and he's already bullying guys who are bigger than him. I mean, it's, it's really impressive. Bonafide impre- NBA. Right. He's already, he's, he's already shoving guys out of the way. Oh, yeah. And that's impressive. And I yeah. think he, he's a good he, – his assist numbers aren't great, but I think he's a good passer. What he is in is a defender, and he just doesn't really rebound a lot. So you look at – he uses all these possessions, which is again sometimes that's a really good sign for a rookie because mm-hmm. it can be hard to get shots up. Mm-hmm. You know, if right, you can get shots, right? Well, yeah. It's a skill to be able to get shots up for sure. And for he, a rookie. he's getting the ball not just as the focal point of the offense, but one of the things I was worried about was that he would get the ball and hold it and take too much time. But he's not, man. He sometimes he'll wait and see how the defense plays him, look for the double team. But 
when he knows he's got the ball in a, in a you know ISO situation, and that could be 15 feet out, that could be four or five feet out. He has a move or five moves. You know what he's similar to, and you're going to think this might be ridiculous, but it's it's not dissimilar the way he plays the game with his jab, the way he kind of uh, eyes a guy's body up to what Paul Pierce does to guys on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. Um, I see where you're going with you that. Know, and, and he does it. He really he took um, the footwork is very it's similar. very strong, and he took he because he palms the ball so well too. So easily, you know, when he keeps it in one hand, he could just go raise up from that spot. Or he can jab at you and keep you off your feet, and then as soon as you back up, he's going to take the space, spin into you, and, and go up. Yeah. His touch around the basket's what's been most impressive for me. I was concerned that he was going to take a while for him to develop the right the right touch. And, and you know, my pops has pointed out a few times, he's still learning how to make all the little floaters and all those things. You know, his mid-range jump shot, which he does go for, will get better. But He has this weird, like, little pull-up. Yeah, for twelve footer that like uh, the footwork, yeah, the footwork is very strange, but um, it, it works for him. I don't think anyone in the league shoots like that. But he took it to Valanciunas the other night, and he took it to you know Gasol in a, for a half a game, and like these are good NBA centers. Um, yeah. So I'm interested to see when he you know Gobert was a tough matchup. I think Whiteside will be a tough matchup. Guys who can really present length. But those guys are going to be difficult for anyone. Well, but he's also strong enough, though. I mean, Gobert is just kind of a physical monster. So you know, he's also long and has a wide base. Yeah. You know, so against the guys with wide bases, he can shove into to them. One of the things I was worried about was that he in college, I don't think he really fought for position very well. The mm-hmm. where he kind of fell in love, I think, maybe a little bit with his, right. his, his moves and his gifts. Right. And so he would catch the ball too far away from the basket. And I think... In the NBA, if you're going to be a real low post guy, I think if you catch the ball at 18 feet, that really hurts you in the NBA. No, you're, you're absolutely right. But so, you are also right about his defense. And there yeah. were so many possessions last night where I can tell that his first thought is to go, like, for example, anytime someone drives baseline, he's thinking, should I go help? Not which, not the right answer, which is not to think at all, instinctually move where the ball is going, go help, show, right. whatever it may be. He doesn't do it naturally. He doesn't the same way that he is unbelievably naturally gifted on offense and polished. He is the opposite on defense. It's so funny how so many players <laughs> are like that. Like there are a lot of players that are just the most skilled. Some of the most skilled offensive yeah, players right. just don't have the same. And it's almost like they're two totally separate skill sets. Yeah, it's almost like one <laughs> is a skill and the other is a mindset. Yeah, maybe <laughs> it's almost like they're two totally separate things. Yeah, that's a, the concern is he's never going to get there. Uh, and it, it is possible to build a good defense around players sure. like that. I but mean, it's going to help if Noel can be there. That'll take a lot of that big man defensive responsibility away. In theory, I still think that they are better split up than together. Got it. I mean, I, I, not on the I'm, I'm on the roster. You yeah. want both because yeah. you want the ability to play both. Sure. But I, I just think when I think they they seem to uh, certainly Noel. I think in in the Cleveland game especially, mm-hmm. I thought that Noel was so active when he was the five, and mm-hmm. maybe a little less active when he was the four. But you know, they have time to figure that out. Yeah, and they're both you know? again. That's a 19 year old and a 22 year old. But so. no, he's Okafor's impressed me. I, and to to dovetail back to what we were mm-hmm. talking about earlier, mm-hmm. I think he's actually fought for position better than I expected. So far, yeah, no, you know, I, 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 that was a concern I had. Sorry, and Noel's I, twenty-one, by the way. What's that? Noel's Noel. only twenty-one. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I didn't think that he's done a better job. I mean, what he's going to have to learn eventually is that you have to sprint the floor and mm-hmm. beat your guy and just duck in and score if mm-hmm. you're going to play. You're going to play that way. Yep, that way, and they'll figure it out. I still think. Let's transition to another guy. I still think, and you might think, is a controversial opinion. I still think that the Sixers should have taken Emmanuel Moutier at three. Uh, I don't think so, man. I know I that like, Oakhurst like playing Moody. well, but I like Moody too. You know this. We I I came in the other day after watching uh, the Denver Portland game. I was like, Mike, Mike, Mike. 
I think I even texted you as the game was going on, but just Moutier. Yeah. Straight up, his defense <laughs> on Lillard in the last two minutes of that game was all world. It was unfair for Lillard, who is so good offensively. Yeah. He really can get his points and buckets on any other, even Westbrook, even like these super dynamic guards, but Moutier's even bigger and stronger. Yeah, that was I impressive. I like Moutier, man. Don't get Now, I know his stats are bad, but I just imagine well, if this— We couldn't sig- take him. We couldn't take him. Because Why? Because we just got rid of Michael Carter-Williams because he couldn't shoot, and we didn't think that his offensive you know, spacing was going to be the right type of uh, system for what we wanted to play. So you got just another big man and played. Now you have two Look, big men who don't shoot the ball from I, the perimeter. I mean— I know. I know. I would have just taken. Imagine how interesting that team would be if. Uh, and look, Oakford has been good. It's not like Moody has already made Denver, who was not a competitive team last year, a, a more competitive. Team a little bit. Year. I a mean, bit. his numbers are not there. He's turning They're the ball not, over too much. He's, he's not hitting over, shots. Yeah. So but, his his clip on the year, by the way, his per, which is an indicative stat, considering he does have a crazy usage rate. And I, I would ask you, Mike, I don't know how much you know about either of these stats, but to have the difference between here, the ratio of a nine point six per. And I think he's well, in he's the high not, 20s in, in usage. Well, he's missing shots and he's committing turnovers. I so mean, that's going to affect. Now, I will say there are. Four and a half a game. I think <laughs> there, are, there are turnovers and then there are ambitious turnovers. Agreed. Or I guess a better way to put it, there are sloppy turnovers mm-hmm. and then there are ambitious turnovers. You know, there are turnovers that you make because you just don't dribble right or you don't have the right kind of. You just throw the ball the wrong spot or whatever but there are also turnovers where you're trying to make something happen you're trying to throw a crazy pass and you can't Mm -hmm. do it and I think for rookies ambitious turnovers are fine it shows that you have the creativity to see something you know and as you get more experience you become better at understanding when you can throw that pass and I think for the most part he has ambitious turnovers you know Russell Westbrook led the NBA in turnovers as a rookie Mm -hmm. and I think it was because he was constantly trying to make plays. Do you that see he a lot of parallels it. between the two? No, I, I don't think they're the okay. same kind of player. I, I think I think Moutier is a little bit more. I don't think he has the explosion to kind of. He hasn't really finished around the rim as I kind of had hoped I a little it's bit. It's weird because defensively he's explosive. Well, he's That's, quick and he's sturdy, and he yeah, he can too. jump. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he, I'm not saying he can't jump. I'm just I like you called him sturdy. He is sturdy. I agree. He's, he's yeah. a sturdy man. Yeah, I've, I've not seen him just tip over yet. No, he's sturdy. <laughs> Unlike us, we you know, we tip over all the time. All the time, man. With yeah. Our backs? Are you kidding me? Yeah, I had to take a painkiller just to go to Mike's wedding and dance. True story. Yeah, that is a true story. You held it pretty well, though. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you did. Uh, uh, but okay, wait, 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 wait. Moutier, though, it's important to note that um, he is the point guard at the end of games and close games as a rookie, and that learning curve, similar to what you were noting about how Westbrook took a lot of, had a bunch of turnovers, took a lot of shots that people, maybe people did not like. Um, I think people, when you watch Denver play, you realize he has to have, this is the way he has yeah, to be playing for they don't They're have, not a good team. No, and they don't really have, especially now that Wilson Channel is after the year, they mm-hmm. don't really have another guy. I guess Gallo is the only other one. I mean, their other guards are, are Harris and Barton. Right. I mean, those are guys who are more finishers than creators. Yeah, not, I mean, not ball handlers at all. You know, Gallo is really the only other guy with playmaking ability mm-hmm. on that team uh, that plays in the I regular like, rotation. What's that French big man they have? Lev- Joffrey Levert. No, they have a couple He's interesting. Good, right? Yeah, they have yeah. a couple interesting young bigs. They have him and Nikola Jokic. Yeah, Jokic. Those are the, both. Those guys are both interesting. But those are they're huge. Yeah, but they're just finishers. And of course, they have yeah. Nurkic, who is injured. Right. Uh, Who's good? But um, so those you know, three. Enormous seven footers. Yeah, but they do different things. I mean, yeah, Laverne is true. kind of, uh, you could step out and you can kind of mm-hmm. do the grunt work. Jokic, I think, is more of a stretch big mm-hmm. only. And uh, Nurkic is just a really big, kind of rolling guy, you know, a big pick and dive guy. It's going to be interesting. 
they did have an interesting team, but they, you're right. They don't really have another guy who can kind of shoulder the load. And so I think that that reflects it's exposing on, him a little bit. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he doesn't have a, a great looking shot. I mean, no. he's, his shooting spot up three is decently well, a little better than I expected. But he's also when he he's also shooting twos terribly. Uh, I mean, his shooting, two point percentage is brutal. Two percent from the field for the season. Yeah, his two point percentage, I believe, is yeah. worse than his three point percentage. I think it is. Um, so, but, I, but he has a special vision. And oh, I agree. I, I, I think we're missing the, the biggest part yeah. here. He's a really good and he's super advanced passer. Yeah, he's a great passer. And I I really do think that the Sixers, if they committed to Noel as a five and they played a lineup like it, let's say you had. Moutier, Stauskas, Covington, Jeremy Grant, and Ugh, Noel. God. Okay, you're not good now, no, but at least that team kind of fits together kind of in I, an interesting I will, way. I do kind of like Jeremy Grant's progression. Um, Stauskas is not a good shooter, which is an issue. Well, no, he is a good shooter. I just think yeah. he... I think he, He's three he, for 14 in the last two no, he's a, three. No, he's a good shooter, it's but... confidence. I, he has no confidence. Yeah, he doesn't... Right, but I think if you had a point guard setting... I'm just saying that yeah. I think that that, was the play, that would have been a more interesting you don't play for them. McConnell and... and uh, Isaiah Cannon or no? Oh God, I can't even believe they're in the NBA. Either of those guys. Um, <laughs> but, but anyway, so anyhow, really good passer. I don't disagree with you, but I think the variable here we have not mentioned is that we don't know as much as the Sixers uh, front office and training staff about Joel Embiid. Maybe he's never going to play. Who, who knows? And in that case, I'm fine with Okafor. Well, yeah. Noel does not have enough offensive game. Even when he makes buckets, it's such awkward. I know, but he, floating left-handed legs in the air and like it's just awkward. Yeah, I mean, we'll drop guy. this conversation because yes, it's another sorry. for another time. But yes. I really do think that he's a five. Well, we have to look back at that, and and, and that's yeah. uh, so interesting. But anyhow, we're missing uh, last two here. I want to go to the fourth rookie who's really really impressed me. Um, that'd be Porzingis. Porzingis. The Did Zinger. you buy your uh, Chris Stapps Porzingis mess up cleaner? No, I haven't. But that did was you? a great viral video, yeah. and Seth did a really good voiceover yes, for that. He did posting and toasting, ladies and gentlemen. Go check it out. The best yes. coverage on Porzingis you're going to find on the internet. Yeah, uh, we are huge fans of him here, Mike. I think I told you this this summer and then maybe in the preseason, but I just really like the way he looked on the basketball court. Yeah, he looks like he totally belongs athletically, instinctually. He obviously uh, he crashes the boards real well. I think he's leading the NBA in offensive rebounding. He's up there. Yeah, I mean these are things that like um, he's doing uh, basketball things on the court that uh, you do not just uh, figure out like it, the transfer from Barcelona or wherever he was in Sevilla or whatever. Yeah, he Maliga, was on Sevilla was Sevilla? the team okay. he played for. Yeah, to, to the Knicks, um, you'd think would be a pretty steep learning curve, but he just looks totally fluid and natural. He's averaging almost a double-double a game um, and really only playing like 24 minutes a game, so they're not even overusing right. him. Well, he's in, he commits oh, a lot of fouls. He, I mean, he, But that's the thing. He's aware of that. He even yeah. the comment, like, I need to stay out of foul trouble. Like, the, the idea and young that, big men commit fouls. Sure. That and happens. Of course. All the time, and, yeah. and especially when you're playing aggressively like he is. Mm-hmm. But the thing that's you know most impressive, I think, uh, or it would caught, caught my eye before the season was um, I had this conversation with one of my Knicks you know friends. Uh, he said like I'd rather have the big man who's like super excited. I think it's my friend Andy. He's probably listening too. Super excited to have the gym be open all night instead of the big man who's really excited for pints of Shirley Temple. And I mean, that's the I mean, right now, I who would want the? I mean, Shirley Temples are very good though. They're delicious, and unfortunately, Embiid loves them. But, I but mean, do you like Shirley Temples? I, they're delicious, super refreshing, and delicious yeah. drinks. Yeah. Well, here's the question: Would you rather have a friend who likes the gym, uh, yeah. or one yeah, who likes Shirley Temples? That's true. That's a good. That's a good point. Yes, but, he is not Joel Embiid, is I guess but, the point yeah, but to be made. He, he looks like yeah, not to sidetrack too much, but um, even the shot that was called back last night that would have won the game against Charlotte, um, yeah, was a beautiful, fluid, not thinking about it fadeaway three from 27 feet. 
Yeah, his shooting isn't great yet. I think he no. needs to kind of build up his lower body a little bit. He's shooting 39% from the right. field or something like that. But the other thing is that he he knows he's how big he is. I think he's really understands defensive angles. Like mm-hmm. I think they're a better defensive team with him on the court than off, which is very that doesn't happen much with rookies. Yet they at the end of the game they were the defensive sub Lance Thomas in for him over and over. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, they, <laughs> there are some interesting Match-ups. questions that, that happen with that coaching staff. But <laughs> but here's the question I always think about with him. Is he a four or is he really a five? If you think about where the league is going, you think he's a five. I, I think, think he's a five. I think he's probably a five, too. Yeah, because he can play defensive five, but what's wrong with being a stretch five? I don't, you know, the yeah. best Golden State lineup, their center is a stretch six foot eight small forward. Yeah, I mean, long term, the holy yeah, like long term, the holy grail is the guy who can shoot threes and block shots exactly. and protect the rim. And exactly. it's very, but I will say that I think he gets a lot of his rebounds because Robin Lopez clears out space for him. That's, that's I completely agree, um, and because the Knicks miss a lot of long distance shots. Yeah, which is important to know too. Um, they, yeah, you know, the although did you know Langston Galloway? I believe is leading the league in three point shooting. No, but I really do like Langston Galloway. Yes. I watched him play in college. Shout out St. Joe's. He's yeah. a really good player. Um, the Knicks need that because Jose Calderon uh, is still playing minutes for them. Yeah. So you you think he's yeah. a five? I think yeah. he's a five too. You know, it, it's going to be interesting to see. One of the things that they're going to have to manage as they kind of go forward is. Mm. They, I wouldn't say they have like a win now roster, but they're kind of trying to be competitive, but also develop him. And I think it's clear already that he's one of, if you were to put together a lineup of their best players to win a game, mm-hmm. you probably would have him in there. Absolutely would. Right. Yeah. But you also, you know, he's also you don't want to give him too much too soon. He he seems like he can handle I was all of say, it. He but, seems like totally happy with being in New York, being in the spotlight. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I look at him. That, he, he has the right body language, the the right, you know, whatever would appear to be mental outlook on it, and his physical tools are obvious. I mean, he's, yeah. he is a legit 7'3", crazy wingspan guy who has touch, and, so, you know, that's that's rare. So you think that, because Knicks fans are very excited about him. Yeah, we yeah. all know that some of these guys get excited about uh, anything that looks remotely promising because sure. of their history. Sure. You think this is legit? Yeah, I think he's legit. more legit than Amon Shumpert and Tim Hardaway oh, and, yeah. Dude, those and guys Nate Robinson and David Lee. I, and, I don't know how many times I've said or have said over the years, uh, if Amon Shumpert was drafted by X team in the Midwest, call it Milwaukee, no one would know who he is. He'd well, you take get, get a ten million dollar contract here. He, he yeah, was, because he's, he's an important player. I mean, he was. He's not that good. You don't think so? Not that good. No. Okay. Well, I guess the Cavs are doing just fine without him. Yeah, as I say, the Cavs look to have figured it out. Whatever that may be. Um, Last, last rookie, Mike. That's Porzingis. Again, we agree on him. The last guy, and this is the fifth and final rookie we want to touch on before I get any other additional thoughts on rookies from you, Mike. But uh, is Russell Uh, D'Angelo Russell? Now he's struggling so far. He's the one on this list who is off to a slow start. It's a very situational slow start, mm-hmm. but he's also not actually playing well himself. You can blame the, the circumstance, the coaching, the teammates around him, but he isn't playing very well. Mike, what do you think the biggest issue is with D'Angelo Russell? I think it's that he's in a bad circumstance. So that's the only issue. Well, yeah, I mean, the the one the one concern that people had with him out of college is that you know he's not that athletic i mean mm-hmm. he's very very smooth but i wouldn't call him a super athlete he's not yeah. and he didn't really finish that well against length or at the rim in college you know i i might opt- or speed my, around him either when teams pressured him 
Yeah, yeah, I, you, yes. I, I think um, I think that's true. I think uh, the overarching concern is that what if he's one of these guys that has great vision but not great ability to create openings? Yeah, where you, the, by comparison, I would say Moutier is the kind of guy that you know. D'Angelo Russell can see the pass, mm-hmm. and Moutier can create the pass. Is that weird that in immediate redraft, no less than two and a half weeks into the season, that a consensus of NBA people, the same scouts who evaluated Russell as high as they did, would almost certainly tell you to pick Moutier above I Russell? I wouldn't say two and a half weeks. I'd say summer league. Summer league, sure. Okay, before the season even got to the preseason, to the season, people would have reevaluated that. I mean, I did. I we both. I mean, no doubt about it, man. But, but I think that has that's... more to do with how what I say all Moutier than I, I still think it's it's a little early. It's um, very early. Obviously. I I I want, It is a very bad situation for him. Not only because of the presence of Kobe, but just because that's a team that thinks they can. They have a what, coach what, what who they wants. Think? Yeah. They think that they can be successful. The <laughs> other thing is that they have. This is like one of the things that that can hurt a rookie it's like sometimes. It's like body dysmorphia. It's like they have, franchise dysmorphia. Yeah, but they also have like kind of the veteran crutch guy in Lou Williams where you can say, you know, if, if we're trying to win games, like Lou Williams is probably, you know. They're different positions though. Lou's a two guard. No, but Lou is playing instead of him. I know, like what, what they mean. do is they'll, they'll yeah, play right. Clarkson at, at, at the point no, or right. wherever. Which is, again, that's that's messed up too. Russell's a ball-in-hand guy. You right. draft him to have the ball in his hand. Right. So it's a very bad situation uh, and – he did play in the fourth quarter. I think his defense has been criticized. I, I know, our Lakers site published something today that said he's actually done pretty well. We'll have to get a Mike Pina on this podcast soon, covering yeah. the Lakers now. Yeah, our Lakers site said you know, he's actually done pretty well, cool. Cool. Uh, which was kind of interesting. Uh, you know, Touch on we'll do I, a whole pot on the Lakers. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Just kidding. Um, uh, but here's a, a little <laughs> quick aside. Sure, sure. I, I think it's it's very easy to criticize Byron Scott for not playing him in the fourth quarter of close games or blowouts, right? I mean, he's done both. yeah, and the explanations don't really carry water that much. But mm-hmm. I'm trying to see this from Byron's perspective to try to see where he might be coming from. Okay, go on. Let's One, I guess, I mean, you could say state the case that like it, it actually may help him to kind of I, I, they're not going to put him in his place or anything. You know, he's, he's putting him that way, but like. Doesn't maybe it help, help Byron Scott. Maybe it, it it will help. It will benefit him to kind of sit, and also, I mean, well, I think benefit he benefit who benefit Russell to sit. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the argument I guess would be that like you don't have to play him so many minutes. It may it, it may be better for him to kind of learn whatever he's doing wrong. I know that Byron. He said that like Byron hasn't really told him, which is I guess a problem. I mean, the the case falls apart quite quickly. I mean, he's averaging two assists and two turnovers a game. It's not even like that many passes. No, he's not <laughs> handling the ball. Yeah, but at saying. the same time, he's also probably you know when he does get these chances, he's kind of getting stifled and it shooting. It's an all time like gunning team. He's got he does. He's got a team of Lou Williams, Nick Young, and, and Kobe, Kobe Bryant. And not to and mention Clarkson likes to shoot too. I was gonna say not to mention that Clarkson is a. Ideally, I would say, yeah. I think in the ideal world, they have a team that is like the Blazers, where you have these two kind of creators that yeah. monopolize most of the playmaking. Mm-hmm. But you know, but, but then again, like knowing that we what we knew about Clarkson last year, which was he was good, showing promise, and that he is a good player right now. Why didn't they just take Okafor? Yeah, I mean that's like, a good question. I mean, I think the concern there was that if you're going to have a front court of Okafor and Randall, you have two non-shooters. You know, you have one. You have one guy who kind of needs an open floor. Neither of them are good defenders, yeah. and 
So what uh, if you're thinking long term, like what are you exactly building a team around? How can you That's you fair. can live with maybe one bad defender, but two yeah. I think maybe is a concern. I just think that there this is a bit of a lost year for him because yeah. they you know eventually, fortunately, when you have Kobe Bryant on your team, he's gonna take the ball a lot, and it, it makes <laughs> and, and when you have a coach that I think, I think if you're Scott, I mean you don't have that much incentive to develop Russell for ten, three or four years down the road because you're probably not going to be there in three and four years. Mm-hmm. So understandably, and they, I think they made a mistake by giving Scott guys like signing someone like Lou Williams or Nick Young just because it just gives them the coach a guy who, you yep. know, you play. So I guess the bottom line is that I'm not that worried about Russell yet. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there are certainly concerns, and it's certainly possible he's just not very good. And we'll I'm look not back worried on about him yet, but I do. Say, I will say that until he gets to prove himself, people will be worried, and I think he might be as well. And I think it will have lasting effects exactly. on his development. Exactly. Uh, I do want to stump for one more rookie, and that is uh, Justice Winslow. Justice Winslow. Uh, ahead, he had Mike. so much fun watching him play. You know, he he just the Heat. I would say have a team that's a little slow. I don't want to call them stale, but they're just kind of when the five big guns play together, they kind of just don't have as much umph and kind of quick. Dragic has no legs. Dragic is not. It doesn't look right with Wade. Wade is getting older. Also you know. has no legs. Bosch and Whiteside really secretly don't play that well together. They uh, they've been succeeding very well by splitting them up. Yeah. No, Whiteside's. Look, I'm a huge Whiteside fan. Yeah. I watch him play, and I'm like, wow, he's got pretty limitless ability, and I don't think he has any idea of it. Um, it just comes in glimpses, like kind of when I right. blacked out what happened moments. Yeah, um, I, I don't. I still have my doubts about him. We'll see. I know but he's Bosch, very talented, but he takes so many plays off. I will say this, though. I'm, I'm really happy to see Bosch back. I'm happy that because he's a good person. He seems to actually be someone who you do rep- want representing the NBA. Um, and I'm happy that he's back from a health standpoint, but also because I had forgotten when he was gone last year, and, and the Heat were terrible, just absolutely horrible towards the end of the year. Um, and Wade really wasn't playing as much. I had forgotten as, of Miami as a whole almost. Like, yeah, wow, they, they, they kind did. Of disappeared. They and did. But they're back get, very much in you know, top three in the East ish. Uh, they, they've looked good. I mean, what, what, but I think what's made them great is kind of pushed them to another level mm-hmm. is just the relentlessness, the of Winslow, speed, yeah. the defense, uh, the attacking. Of Winslow and other guys. I mean, I, I, Cooper Moorhead of Heat.com had a really good piece. I mean, right now, Justice Winslow is among the leaders in adjusted plus minus. Interesting. Which is nuts. Yeah, it is. Because he's a rookie. But, I mean, Cooper Moorhead had a really... He playing? Yeah, I mean, he he's playing... I'm not sure exactly. It's, it's not a lot, but mm-hmm. he's playing enough. Like, he's a rotation player. Mm-hmm. Cooper Moorhead had an interesting point, basically saying that, you know, it's not really just Justice Winslow. It's that... He's playing with the right kind of teammates with pace and space system. He's playing almost 30 a game. He is, but I think it's the combinations that they've masterminded. But I also would say that Winslow sort of unlocks some of that with Miami because he can guard bigger players. He can play make from Duke, man. Yeah. And he, (laughs) so I'm, I'm super impressed with him. I think that it's true that they have made it easier on him, but I think that he kind of makes them gives him a totally new dimension mm-hmm. when he gets into the you, game. They go from like this plotting, slow, kind of precise, uh, you know, team into this kind of pace and space, you know, team that runs down your throat. It just do, totally changes that dynamic. How do you feel about him being like uh, not a two because I think that, that our test was better than him? But like, a are similar, you sure? 
I mean, I've thought, I, I made Ron that test was really good. I made that comparison. People were making little... Stanley Johnson Ron Artest comparisons, and I was like, I don't really see it in Stanley Johnson's game. Mm-hmm. But the way Winslow actually actually plays, guards bigger, guards smaller. I'm not. I'm opens a, the court up. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna rule out that he can't be as good as Artest. Okay. I mean, that's, I, that's, I, that's, that's exactly really the compare. That's exactly the comparison I would make. Nice. Well, He's I, only twenty years. Is I he like even twenty? A good comp. Is he only twenty? Is he even twenty years old yet? He is nineteen years old. They're all nineteen. They're very now. young. They're all kids. And he's already at the point where he's kind of again. This is what I love about this rookie class. It's not just that they show glimpses of skill. They mm-hmm. know how to play NBA defense. A lot of these guys, mm-hmm. they know angles. They know subtleties. They know. They read the scouting report. They're they're really up on the kinds of things that rookies you wouldn't think are kind of up on. I mean, certainly I would say Towns, Justice, uh, you know, Moutier to some degree, mm-hmm. Stanley Johnson. We talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've actually been kind of in, I actually kind of like what I'm seeing from Kaminsky down in Charlotte. I think he's he's been good in that respect. Uh, I mean, there are other guys I think that are showing flashes. What year is this Tyler Johnson guy? Is he a rookie also? No, he's good though. I like his game too. Yeah, he's man. good. Yeah, they they traded Chalmers. Chalmers. Yeah, yeah. Um, lastly, Mike, we talked uh, two two things. Two last things I want to touch on um, before we uh, we get out of here. We're in a heat box called the recording studio here. Um, we mentioned Minnesota might be the, one of the new league pass teams. Are there any other new teams that people should be watching? Saying like, crap, if I can't even catch it, I'm DVRing it. If I have league pass, my league pass team this year is Orlando. Orlando. Oh yeah, Orlando. Because every game. I, mean, I mean, the premise basically is that Orlando. these guys. Orlando. It's a you know. No, forget it. It's the premise thing. is that these guys are not on TV a lot, right? I mean, because sure. I, I can't say That's Golden State is a league pass. Correct. Team. I mean, That's of course they are. Yeah, Orlando. All right. I think uh, they. I like. They have a lot of great, interesting young pieces. I would say. I think that they, they have. Young, yeah. At least right now, like Scott Skiles is kind of in that stage where he's reaching them and mm-hmm. kind of driving them to really play ferociously. You know, eventually, I think his history says that they're going to wear. That's going to wear on them. But mm-hmm. right now, they're kind of in the honeymoon stage. They do some interesting things, I think, with their style of play. On defense, they, their guards are really roaming off players. They force they're, a lot of turnovers. They have some, some really nasty defensive guards. Yeah, um, and they can roll out. And Peyton are vicious. Yeah, and they can roll out some very interesting lineups. Mm-hmm. I would say. All right, Orlando. And they're playing hard. And they've, you know, think about the games they've had so far this year. You know, the tough luck losses they had. Sixers almost beat them, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I but they had they had the Thunder game. Correct. Right now they're struggling a bit because uh, Vucevic is injured. Although game they, winner last night, he did win last Ooh. night by no. three at home against the Lakers. Vucevic a good, Vuce a good player, man. I forgot that he came back. Yeah, but yeah. no, you're right. But they won, so to your credit there. Um, so my, I would say Orlando. My team for you is uh, the Pistons. Detroit's yes. a fun team to watch. If you, I mean, if you remember Orlando's teams from the late two uh, thousands. That's a fun style of basketball, up and down the court, three-pointers, big man who could just do everything at the moment, um, except for shoot free throws. Um, but you really do want to see Andre Drummond play. Um, physically speaking, there's no one else like him in the league. Uh, Jackson looks like he could be a, a type of point guard to lead a team to a playoffs. He's got a lot of confidence um, and has always kind of been a sneaky, really good athlete, really long for a point guard. Yeah, I mean, um, he towers over some of these guys. guys. Yeah, now, his concentration him. is not always there, but Correct. physically he... You know, they, they've lost a couple games now. Yeah, uh, I know, but I also like the addition of Ilyasova, which I think went under the radar this offseason. Yeah, um, I would so say... That's your so, Pistons team. So I would say, I mean, obviously, I wrote about Detroit oh. earlier this week. Okay. Uh, From the know. source. Tell me, Mike. Yeah, so the obvious comparison is that they're the Van Gundy mm-hmm. style. I think the the two differences, I would say, is that this is... I mean, the offense is like kind of not where it needs to be yet. I mean, if you're thinking about them as a great team... Mm-hmm. 
they don't have enough offensively right now. I think Jackson is still kind of inefficient. Mm-hmm. They're relying a lot on Marcus Morris to get him buckets. And Pope's come along. Now Pope better. is a really Pope is but Pope is not a Caldwell Pope is not a guy that you're going to give the ball and kind of he's going to create for no, you. No. He's a he's a wing and he, you know so their offense isn't really there yet. I think they need. If you're kind of comparing this to Orlando, they need a stretch four upgrade. Even though Ilyasova is, they got him. They don't have Rashard Lewis. They don't have a playmaking three like Turkaloo. Yeah. Uh, they, they're they're short yeah. there, and really they don't have a playmaking one like Nelson. I mean, the mm, yeah. Here's a question for you. Nelson was less of a playmaker, more of a get you to the right places. But and he's, he's a, a shooter, three point shooter. Yeah. He's a shooter. Yeah. Now here's yeah. a here's an interesting stat for you. Coming into I figured this out. I don't know what the number is now, but mm-hmm. before the Warriors game. Can you care to guess how many times Reggie Jackson assisted Andre Drummond in a direct pick-and-roll situation when it's the two of them? None? No, it's, it's not none. Okay, five? Four. Four? Four right. times. That's it. All wow. season. And the reason is that because what happens is that Drummond, they, they get all these Kobe assists because he misses yes. and yes. Drummond gets the rebound. So that, that <laughs> dynamic is a little different. The other bigger, biggest difference is that, I mean, that is a ferocious defensive perimeter team. Oh, yeah. The Magic never had those kinds of athletes. On Not the even close. I mean, Caldwell Pope... and Turkoglu are, uh, eliminate you immediately. Yeah. Caldwell Pope really oh. shut down Curry on Monday. He was great. Monday. That was the blueprint. Not the blueprint. No I mean, one... They didn't win. Well, no, but like the way that he... Uh, someone used that comment. I forget who it was. They were like, that, someone should study that game film. It's like, or you could grow to be... The dimensions of Caldwell Pope right. with his lateral <laughs> quickness. Either way, yeah, uh, yeah. The only thing you need is uh, to get Contavious Caldwell Pope yeah, on, on your team. team. Yeah, so and they have him. And the, you were talking about Jackson, the way he towers over his yeah. matchup. Yeah. Stanley Johnson obviously projects to be real tough defender. Oh yeah. So you look down the road, and that that's a team that. And Drummond, I think, helps to have his presence. You at haven't the mentioned rim. Mr. Morris yet. Marcus Morris yeah. off to a really good start. Yeah, for them. no, he's 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 providing a lot of offense yeah. for them, but yeah. that perimeter trio they, they can just kind of take guards totally out mm-hmm. of their rhythm that's what's exciting the east, man. that's yeah. real important in the east so i don't think they're like ready to win more than like maybe mid low 40s right now i All wouldn't right. say i know people are getting they just don't That'd have enough a big offense upgrade for them it's still a playoff team yeah they don't have enough offense but i think they're a playoff team and i think it's interesting to watch drummond just a, a throwback player so I, I i'm cool with that choice so um that you know, there's a couple more topics I wanted to hit on, Mike, but I think this might be best place to stop because the other topics we can snowball into a, like a uh, a larger discussion next time. Some which players would you rather have at this point? Because there's some interesting comps that I want to I want to go over with you. There's three games tonight: Utah, Miami, Golden State, Minnesota, and Clippers, Phoenix. They'll be done by the time you hear this. By the time you hear this, they'll all be over, and we'll be into the weekend of basketball. Uh, I really don't feel like there's much else on the slate that we didn't touch on that we wanted to. Mike, is there anything I'm missing? Yeah, I mean, I, I, there's a lot of interesting storylines. Uh, we haven't talked about the Wizards, and yeah. that's probably a good thing. We won't talk about the Wizards We yet. haven't talked about the Wizards. Uh, uh, we won't talk about uh, Kevin Durant being back because he just got hurt uh, yeah. again. And um, Well, I mean, do you think there's anyone in the league that can take the MVP from Curry? Because um, I've been thinking about that a little bit. Yeah, Westbrook bit. could take it. Um, do you think – so you think Westbrook – Westbrook, we maybe Blake Griffin has played really well. Blake's played great. All right, screw it, Mike. We're going to do it. Here's the last right, to, last fine. topic of the day. You you did a great job, of course, of coursing, coursing me, there, coursing me there. Who would you rather have, Mike? This is straight up, and we're having this converse, conversation. Blake Griffin or Kevin Durant? Mm. It, you know, it's funny that this is even a discussion, right? right? When was uh, the MVP? How many years ago? Two years two? ago. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was three foot surgeries ago. Yeah, for uh, sure. And no, I, I'm still taking Durant. Okay. I think. 
he has a little bit of a nick a nagging injury right now. Hammy? Yeah. But before he suffered that injury, I mean he was you know, rumors of his demise were greatly exaggerated, <laughs> as they say. I mean, he's averaging uh what is he? Never averaging? had a schneid to get off. He's no averaging he's averaging twenty eight a game. He's shooting fifty percent from the field. He has a uh, true shooting percentage of sixty three percent, which is right up there with what he normally is. Uh, he looked great. He he still looks re- when he plays. He still looks really good. And in an era where I think everybody's getting a little bigger and the shot making is becoming more of a premium, the fact that he's seven foot, he can just shoot over anyone. I still think that that's the chess piece that I would rather have. And I I I know you got the the history of injuries, but yeah, I would still take him. Okay, so obviously it's. It's not hard to make a strong argument for Kevin Durant as a franchise player, but I'll tell you I'd rather have Blake Griffin. And and I'm not even doing this to be in the argumentative take one side or the other. I would have told you if I would have took take Kevin Durant in this case. Blake's become one of the no, no, Blake's the best passing forward in the league, not named LeBron James. I, I can agree with that. Um, yeah. Which is ultimately makes you a better teammate. And then when you can space the court the way you can now, he's a plus mid-range jump shooter. Mm-hmm. He's a good shooter. Yeah, he's really improved. He's a really good shooter. It's a fluid, nice motion. He's got 18 to 20 feet on it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, and I hope kind of he doesn't, but I wouldn't be surprised if eventually he's got a pretty decent corner three. Um, But the biggest thing with Blake, man, is that Blake is only getting more and more um, basketball savvy. Durant's full package is there. He's not going to be a better player five years from now than he was last year or the year before. Injuries aside. I mean, Blake is probably not going to be either. Blake's getting less athletic. He's not less athletic yet. He will decline in athleticism, mm-hmm. but his skill set was was basically untapped. He came into the league a really good athlete with really good body control, which helped his spin moves and his low post game. And he has basically taken it out from 5 feet to 20 feet now, which is something when the court gets bigger, now all of a sudden there's more room to pass. You can't double him because he's such a good passer. Blake could end up being the type of guy who could be 30 and 10 easily, and he's not right now he's... Almost 28 and 10. Well, 30, 10, and like 6. Yeah, sure, and 6. Yeah, yeah I mean, you right. saw what he do in the playoffs last year. If you could uh, find that, I mean, he was spectacular. Uh, you know. I mean, yeah, I mean, he, you're, you're making a good point. I don't know. He it's, has these games, man, where you just, you see it. He shoots a great, per- he's shooting uh, on the year percentage-wise, you know, like, uh, where are we at here? 52%, whatever it may be. Uh, 56%. A, that's really good. Yeah, you're uh, you're making me think about this a All little right. bit. I'm that's not going to lie. For. Uh, yeah, and and I think uh, defensively he's made significant strides as well. Uh, I see. Yeah, I don't know. You're making me think about All this right. a little. But I'm g- curious what other people think if, if Blake Griffin has passed Durant by now. I I will. I wonder. The other discussion is whether he's right now better than Anthony Davis, which I would say at this moment, yeah, yeah, I yeah, think yeah, so. Yeah. Right now, yeah. Davis does a whole lot of – he does different things. Davis does different things. No, I, I think Blake is a better player right yeah. now. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I, we, we may have gotten a little ahead of ourselves with yes. – with, with, I mean, Davis is going to be great. But sure. I'm not sure he's – right, he's there yet. He right. still has a little bit to learn. He's almost in that phase that Blake was maybe three or four years ago Which where you sense. wondered where whether he kind of was stagnating. Yeah. But really he was trying to learn how to expand his game. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Good. Curious what other people think. Good you're, 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 get, you're making me think about this one a Ending little bit. Ending on a persuasive argument. Is uh, it's like ending on a make on the basketball court. So in that case, I'm happy with this. All right, you get you you got me at HRSE. Right <laughs> That's right. That's perfect. Um, well, good, Mike. Super pumped to be back. Woo! Feels great to be recording. Say again, that. Man. Do that again. I want to. Woo! Wanna... 
Yeah. Woo! Yeah, it's great. No, it just feels really good to uh, turn that into to a be vine. able. Nice, please do. To yeah. be able to pot again, uh, to welcome in the new NBA season, to get all the listeners back. Uh, guys, subscribe to us on iTunes. Find us on SoundCloud, Limited Upside Podcast. Uh, Mike, what's your Twitter handle? Mike Prada, spelled like the Italian company, pronounced not like the, not Italian, like company. the Italian company. That was smooth, S- man. SBN, yeah, I got to work on that a little Mike, bit. <laughs> Mike Prada, uh, SBN. I'm at I'm, EpiBen, E-P-P-Y, Ben, at EpiBen. Let us know what you think about that Blake and Durant thing. I'm interested in that because as I was saying yeah. it, I was convincing myself uh, a little bit more. But, uh, guys, it's been, uh, it's been real, Mike. Thanks for, uh, thanks for hanging out with me and talking hoops. Until next time, limited upside part.